0: You're listening to another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns, featuring your guy, Bully Rye, and P.J. Stephen, presented by Anchor Podcasts. That's right, everybody. It's another wrestling episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and to welcome in our uh, co-host, as always, from wrestling shows, P.J. Stephen. P.J., how's it going today, bud? Pretty good day. Ready to talk about some money in the bank. Let's do it. Yeah, Money in the Bank 2023 took place last weekend. Uh, it's the it was the first uh, premium live event in I believe 20 years to be held at the O2 Arena in London, England. It took place July 1st. 18,000 plus were on hand for the show. Uh, PJ, there was a lot of fun, fun activity that we're going to get to here uh, in the main of the sh- in the main event of the show. Uh, as far as crowd participation, um, I don't know if, if there's any any sort of background information, any sort of storylines that you want to go into before we get into the main event here in the opening bell. Uh, for starters, obviously the, the the fan favorites going into the show to win Money in the Bank from the men's side were LA Knight and Damian Priest. Uh, again, we're going to get into the the results later in the show. Um, but what was sort of your your biggest uh, what was the thing you were looking forward to the most going into the show?
1: I mean, you're always looking forward to who wins the money in the bank. So you can kind of see like what happens, you know, when they cash in or whatever. Um, I, to me, Damian Priest and LA Knight both were not the guys that I thought should have won money in the bank, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, I also was looking forward to Gunther and Matt Riddle. And uh I guess the bloodline, I mean, that, you know, I guess the Bloodline tag team—the fact they're they're calling it Bloodline Civil War—was really silly. But um, yeah, that's what I was looking forward to.
0: I don't know. I like this. Why? Why, why didn't you like the Civil War tagline?
1: Because it reminds me that it reminds me of exaggeration way too much. This is a two-on-two thing, and Civil War makes it sound a lot bigger
0: than it really is. I mean, listen. For all this time, uh, you know, you've had the Bloodline. It was. It was. Three people deep, then it was four people deep when you add Sami Zayn, then it was five deep when you add solo Sokoa. I, I love the idea of a civil war within the family that's dominated WWE the past three years.
1: Yeah, I like I like that aspect. I don't like calling it Civil War. I think that's I I still think that's silly. What it reminds you, me it reminds me of like it reminds me of of the Marvel Civil War where it was like six on six and it's like uh it was kind of a civil war, but not really.
0: So, what would you? So, is it because it was so few people involved? Yes,
1: Civil War to me is like, and again, this is nitpicking because um, the match was fantastic. But um, Civil War to me is something a lot bigger. Civil War to me, okay. So, uh, would it be like
0: Survivor Series? Would that yes. be a good opportunity yes. to call a Civil yes. War?
1: So, so something, something like the uh, the the Alliance versus the WWF kind of thing. That was more of a Civil War to me. This is just and what do you what do you call it? You call it just a tag team match. It's a tag team match.
0: I don't know the battle of the bloodline would have been a good one for me too, but um Yeah, that's
1: not that's not bad. I like that. Just the I,
0: I, and just the word civil war when I
1: first heard it, I was like, oh that's a little silly.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I love the uh I don't know. I love I love the tagline. Um they're they're obviously they're still getting and, and they're milking this for everything they can as that match was easily the longest match on the card were the solos taking on Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Other matches on the card, you had a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship where Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defended against Liv Morgan, a, re- a returning from injury Liv Morgan, and her partner that held the tag titles with her prior to her injury, Raquel Rodriguez. Like you said, the Intercontinental Championship was on the line here. Uh, probably the one match that didn't seem to fit in here was the match between Cody Rhodes and... And Dominic Mysterio, to me, sort of a holdover. And we'll get into that coming up in the main event. Sort of a a weird, like, holdover match for Cody Rhodes going into SummerSlam. Um, Obviously, the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder match, and then the World Heavyweight title match uh, where Seth Rollins defended against Finn Balor, a rematch from the, uh, I I guess, years ago when Seth Rollins uh, was defeated by Finn Balor for the first ever Universal Championship. Uh, but Finn Balor had to relinquish the championship the next night due to, I believe, a torn labrum uh, or some sort of shoulder injury. And uh, I don't know. We never really got the payoff from that. And so they really they really played that up going into this match, that, that Finn Balor never got the revenge for Seth Rollins sort of derailing his career from that match. Um, so interesting to see what happened in that match. Uh, PJ, anything you want to talk about real quick before we take our first break and get into the main event?
1: No, let's do it. I ain't ready to talk money in the bank.
0: We pretty much went over what we need to go over. All right. So we're going to take our first break. When we come back, the main event of the show, where we're going to discuss the matches and the outcomes from WWE Money in the Bank 2023. And later on in the show, in the curtain call segment, we are going to break down our top five favorite Money in the Bank cash-ins, where, where superstars who won Money in the Bank cash in their briefcases for title shots. Uh, we're going to get into that in the curtain call of the show. Uh, but stay tuned after the break. Again, uh, the main event coming up next right here on Tap Outs and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend Aaron Thompson at 843 843- 843 452 8761 for a quote today and make sure you tell them that Ryan from Tap Out and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, we are back and we are here at the main event at the show where we're going to be discussing WWE Money in the Bank 2023. Uh, PJ, before we uh, before we really get into this card, um, I know we talked about what we were looking forward to. We, did you have really high expectations about this show? Uh, especially coming off of again, let's let's preface that, coming off of what was Forbidden Door. Did you have high expectations for WWE's? You know, sub, I, I don't know what what the right word is. Ah, uh, their their next premium live event after that show. Uh,
1: my expectations are usually pretty low for most WWE shows nowadays. Does that answer your question? Oh, you sound like such a cynic. Well What a what a well, cynic. they they but they are for AEW too. I mean, um, uh, I mean that's not a diss on WWE by any means. My expectations were a little bit higher in this match because they're focused so hardcore on the bloodline, that I knew that that would be, you know, that would be... Um, the focal point of the yes, show. Yes, and that would be great, because they've, they've done such a great job with that. But um, most of everything else, man, you know, my expectations were were a little higher, again, for the show because of that, and, the, and because it's money in the bank. It'd be the same thing for the Royal Rumble. I mean, if you're asking me if my expectations were low for... Uh, what was the la for what was the last pay-per-view whatever it may have been uh, compared to something like this or like the Royal Rumble then I tell you that well they're a little higher but
0: no I totally understand and it's it's been hard sort of this is always the summer is always the slow time for pro wrestling uh they, both AEW and WWE I think have done their best job of really trying to keep the momentum going because we we're always acknowledged that after WrestleMania it sort of dies down really up until maybe, I don't know, SummerSlam, which is the the pay per view or the premium live event we're headed to now. But I think it's uh, it's again, it's one of those things that that they're trying to ba- they're they're trying to sort of counterbalance uh, is that slow period, um, and I think they did a great job with this show. Again, in London, England, this crowd was nuts the entire show, and it started off. That's With another mon- reason. The, yeah, that's another reason my expectations
1: were a little higher because it was in London, England, and not in America.
0: Yeah, man, this crowd was hot, and were they were they hot for L.A. Night? This this and it's it's great because even even London hates Logan Paul. The first matchup on this card. Let's go ahead and get into it. The Money in the Bank ladder match featuring Damian Priest, uh, Butch A.K.A. Pete Dunne, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke. Nakamura and everybody really got a hero's welcome, with the exception of Logan Paul. Um, spoiler alert: Damian Priest gets the win. LA Knight was crawling, uh, was was right there to uh, to win the to win the money in the bank. And if I'm not mistaken, was it was it Damian Priest who actually took LA Knight out of the match with what what was attempted to be a Falcon Arrow off the top of the ladder. Yeah. Nobody nobody yeah. else is in the ring and Damian Priest takes the win. Um I don't know, give me your highlights of this match, PJ. I did love the fact that like one of the focal points of this match was that everybody in this match knew, like the fans do, or at least they played it out in in the in the match that Logan Paul didn't belong here. And so they did what all the fans were hoping they would do and every opportunity they got, they beat the living crap out of Logan Paul. Sort of a, you know, it's been said in the past that people have to pay their dues and part of their paying their dues is watching them get sort of, I don't know, initiated in a match like this. And, uh, and, and Logan Paul was the universal favorite for getting just absolutely dominated in this match. Uh, PJ, give me, give me your highlights of this match. how do you feel about it? and And what were your thoughts? I know you said you didn't think the right guy won, or at least you didn't think that the two favorites should have been the guy who won. Uh, so give us your thoughts. Give us your highlights of the match and, and who you think should have won this match. Well, right off the rip, I'll tell you, like, it's a catch-22 with me because LA is so is
1: so hot right now that part of me does believe that he should have won because you don't want that ship to sail. However, uh, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura should have been the guy to win it. We never got, we never had him holding the belt Um, he, I, I still feel like he got cheated out of having a great run at WrestleMania where, you know, AJ beats him fine, but then you just have him turn heel and kicking people in the balls makes no sense to me. Nakamura and Seth Rollins would have had Seth Rollins would have had a better match with, uh, with Nakamura. Than anyone else on the, in that match, if that's who he's going for, if, that, if he's going for Rollins, if he cashes in on Rollins, uh, it'll be I mean, because <laughs> let's be real, he ain't cashing in on Roman. They're not doing that just yet. That makes no sense. But Nakamura cashing in on Rollins, they will have. They would have a great series of matches. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I, th- I think Nakamura was the one to win. But again, Catch Twenty Two. Does L.A. Knight, should L.A. Knight have, should L.A. Knight have won because, well, he's really hot right now. We don't know when he's, when he'll cool down. That being said, I don't mind Damian Priest winning because he's a young dude. He's talented, but I think he has the charisma of a piece of nail. And I just don't think, I I, I don't think, I don't think he's the guy.
0: Not a whole nail, a piece of a nail. Like the head of the nail? No, like the spike of the nail?
1: No, 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 no. It's the head of the nail because he'll never see the point. Uh, Damian (laughs) Priest.
0: I mean, are we talking? Are we talking like a like a one inch nail? Are we talking like 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 you know, drywall like, nails?
1: You know, you know, like when you have to re nail up a piece of wood and you pull that nail out, and it's it's just messed up and rusted up. Like, no, like that's like you, that's,
0: like you that's, hit a stud and the nail bit. Yeah, when trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, into the, yeah. Yeah,
1: that 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 is that's too that's too mean though because he, uh, you know, Timmy Priest isn't that bad. Listen, but uh, also, they're trying this really weird thing with having. Uh, and we're, we're skipping ahead here, but Damian Priest and Finn Balor and they're kind of button heads a la kind of evolution style, you know, and, and that's one thing I don't think that the money in the bank needs is a storyline. You don't need a storyline when it comes to the money in the bank because the money in the bank itself is the story. Him cashing in, him threatening to cash in is, is the story. You don't need a group breaking up or on the verge of breakup just to. Make the money in the bank feel a little bit more important. I think that I think it's it's redundant.
0: So a couple things. First of all, um, I'm not going to disagree. I think Damian Priest could use some mic work. When he was a baby face, I thought he was great. Uh, he had a match, I believe, at SummerSlam last year with Sheamus for the U.S. title that I thought stole the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damian Priest can wrestle. Um, now that he's been put in this in this heel spot. I don't think he quite knows how to be a heel. I mean, I think he did great work with, with Bad Bunny. But beyond that, I'm sort of with you. He's, he's got some work that needs to be done. Let's go through the other the other uh, stars in this match. I don't think Butch was ready. Let's, let's, let's skip over LA Knight for a second. Uh, Logan Paul and Rich, Ricochet had a had a pretty bad botch that has been replayed by WWE more than I've ever seen a botch replayed. Uh, because both of these guys landed on their head. It was intended to be like, a, I, I forgot what it was, Selena Del Sol, whatever. No, what, what's, the, what's the move where you backflip? Uh, one guy backflips, the other guy lands on his face, whatever it was. Oh, Ric- uh, Spanish fly. The Spanish fly, yes. And Ricochet missed the middle rope. And so they all, they both, it, it, it could have been really bad. And now they're, they're using this to set up a program with Logan Paul and Ricochet for SummerSlam, which is fine, whatever. Um, we've, I've heard Ricochet, he cut a promo this week on Raw. It was probably the most we've heard Ricochet cut, uh, since he's been in WWE. Wasn't terrible, uh, but I hate that he's given the rub to Logan Paul, giving him the, the night of day. Uh, as far as Santos Escobar, obviously it wasn't his time. I don't think he ever makes it as a world champion. Well, you know, that, that's, you know, neither here nor there. I, I listen, I wouldn't have been upset had Shinsuke won. But to your argument that he would have put a better match with, with Seth Rollins, yeah, if, if you mean that he could have capitalized and cashed in on Rollins, won the title, and in their ensuing matches back and forth, trying to get the title back to Seth Rollins, off of Shinsuke would have been great. One could argue that you're right, but at the same time, and, 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 and in fairness, his English has gotten a lot better. You could tell he's putting in the effort to, to cut a decent promo in English. I just don't know if that style would have matched. I to me, as much as as happy as I am seeing Damian Priest win the money in the bank, I think it was LA Knight's time. We talked last year at uh what what pay-per-view was it? Um oh, it was Clash at the Castle, where we thought that they missed the opportunity. Now granted we we see where we're at with it now, but I think we like we feel like they missed the opportunity to let McIntyre get the win over Roman because of how hot McIntyre was in and the, the United Kingdom, um, and seeing as as hot as LA night was here in London, uh, I feel like they missed the boat. There are rumors that someone in WWE is going to be getting a huge rub, i.e. get put over by one stone-cold Steve Austin, and I'm wondering if that's going to be LA night, and that's why they didn't put this, cat, this, this briefcase on him. Uh, PJ, what say you? Do you think... Do you think L.A. Knight is the guy that's going to get the rub from Stone Cold Steve Austin?
1: Boy, howdy, I hope not.
0: Um, is it because you don't want to see Austin back or because you no, don't like I, L.A. Knight?
1: I, no, I don't mind L.A. Knight. I, 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 he's over like Rover. That's amazing. Great for him. I, I enjoyed his work in NWA. I don't think he's uh, the, the greatest in-ring worker, but he's really, really well done, and um, I do like him. But no, I don't want to see Stone Cold in another match. I know you enjoyed the Kevin Owens-Stone Cold match, and I thought it was god-awful, made no sense, and it was it was just terrible. And I hope this does not happen to LA Knight, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, Kevin Owens got, the, uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin Owens picked a fight with an old man and got beat up by an old man. Only right, now he's a tag team champion, good for him, but it, it did nothing for him. And, you know, at, at LA Knight, it would be the same thing with Stone Cold, I, uh, I would assume. Um,
0: yeah, I would hate to see that. Listen, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 2022, where he beat Kevin Owens, he was probably in better shape than he was when he retired, uh, in my opinion. He had some time to, you know, really get healthy and feel better. Um, listen, I, uh, you've been wrong before, okay, PJ. And I know you say you didn't like that match with Kevin Owens and, and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. And that was an example of where you've been wrong before. Listen, it depends on how they, how they do the angle. I mean, Stone Cold obviously was great on the microphone when he, was, when he was an active wrestler. LA Knight has proven to be a great mic worker. And so I, I would love to see a potential showdown between LA Knight and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because right now, there are a lot of marks online who are comparing LA Knight to the likes of The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin with the way that he comes to the ring and the way that he talks on the microphone. So, why not? Especially if you've seen... Again, you said you he, he, he liked his work in NWA. You don't think he's the greatest worker in the world. But in our last episode, you compared Eddie Kingston to that of Mick Foley about neither one of them being the greatest wrestlers in the world. And they, uh, granted, uh, Eddie Kingston is now what? The New Japan Strong, ch- Strong, Strong, what is it? The Strong, cha- New Japan uh, Pro I'm Wrestling Strong you, Championship?
1: I'm not going to, I'm not going to help you. I want you to get it.
0: It's the New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's not the Never weight Championship. It's got to be the Strong, New it's, Japan yeah. Strong. Is that right? New, New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. yeah. Strong open weight. I was so close. anyway, um, yeah, but so, I wouldn't want
1: to see either of those guys getting stone cold right now either.
0: Yeah, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, what I'm saying is the fact that LA Knight might not be a ricochet, a Seth Rollins, a an AJ Styles, but with his in ring style, with his look, with his with his charisma, I think LA Knight is the is honestly. I feel like he's the future right now. If you're looking, we 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 are all sort of wondering. You know, at some point, does Roman Reigns go to acting? Does, you know, who's going to, who's going to replace a guy like Seth Rollins somewhere down the line? Who's going to, who's going to be a guy that can be another top guy that we haven't seen. You know, we've seen AJ Styles at the top, Roman Reigns, Sheamus, a lot of guys that are sort of not, I wouldn't say Roman Reigns and Rollins, obviously as world and, and universal champion, but with guys like AJ Styles, who isn't really sniffing at the title scene right now, um. I feel like LA Knight could be one of those next big names that WWE can market and push, especially whether a baby face or a heel. Cause right now he's sort of become the anti-hero that Stone Cold Steve Austin became in late in the late nineties. Would you agree or disagree? I disagree with that. How, how so Is it, because he's not over or because he just, no, he, he's over. I just don't think to that level. Um, at all, I don't think, I I'm not. I'm not saying that he's gotten to that level, but he is on that he, sort of rise.
1: Well, you just said he's on the level of the
0: anti-hero of
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin.
0: So let me correct. Let me correct what I said. I feel like he's on the rise, and he has gotten over as that guy who was sort of a jerk that the fans have sort of of uh, clamored to. So is he more like a Shawn Michaels then? Not
1: in ring. Not not in. Before you criticize me because you think I'm comparing the ring styles of Shawn Michaels and. Um, and I because I know how your brain works. Shut up! But, uh, but, um, do you? But no, no, no. But seriously, though, you just described Shawn Michaels' career in the '90s—a jerk that everyone enjoyed.
0: I don't think. See, I don't think Shawn Michaels got over being a jerk. Um, I mean, he was he was a heel when he turned on Marty Jannetty, and it took a while. Well, no, for him you, to mean, get over.
1: I mean, he was over it when he they were in DX,
0: and they were nothing but degenerates and jerks. But he was he was a babyface before he got over in DX, and he was still a heel in DX. I agree. Just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just
1: saying. Like you know, I when I think of jerk that's over, I don't think of Stone Cold. I think of I think of guys like Shawn Michaels or even like a Razor Ramon, a jerk that was over.
0: I don't. There was there were certain things that like there there were babyface and heel turns with those guys. Like Stone Cold Steve, we saw the double the double turn. At WrestleMania, with when Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin, where Bret was the babyface, Steve Austin was the heel, and they switched roles in that match, and they stuck with those roles. Uh, Shawn Michaels, I couldn't pinpoint his actual the actual point in his career where he went from being the heel that turned on Marty Jannetty to the babyface, back to the heel in DX, and honestly, like again, DX was pushed as a heel faction. Uh, in the late nineties and and really didn't get that baby face rub from the from the brass until Sean left and, and Hunter took over and you know inner X Pac and the New Age Outlaws. That's when they really started getting pushed as a babyface faction because I think to your point DX started getting over as baby faces but they, they really didn't push them as baby faces at that point. So yeah that that uh,
1: that, that that leads to that 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 leads to my point of you know, a heel, a jerk that's, that's over to me. That was definitely Shawn Michaels. Cause I mean, even when he was the champion in 96, I mean, he wasn't really a big baby face. He was, uh, he, I mean, he was, cause he was taking on guys like psycho said and all that, but even then he was still cutting heel style promos and he was still doing, um, um, like heel, heel moves in the matches and things like that. And then we're only one year away from 97, to the Montreal Screwjob and all that, so I agree with you that there was a babyface turn, but it wasn't that long. It was so, only so about five or six months.
0: So let me ask you a question because we've we've spent enough time, especially since we've already established Priest is the is the Money in the Bank winner, um, and and you know we're on this conversation with La Knight. Just and we'll wrap it up here. Do you think La Knight could be the next the next big star? Anyone for can. WWE to put
1: out? Yeah, anyone. Anyone can. You know, I, I hate that question because anyone can be the next big star. I agree that it could be LA Knight.
0: With his momentum, do you think LA Knight is the next big star that WWE pop, pops out? Like, okay, here's here's, like here's a here's a here's a good example. Guy, they're a big guy. Damien, Damien no. Sandow got over like crazy with his Miz a guy. Yes, but not
1: huh? the guy. I, he's a guy. He's he's one of the. He he would he would he would go up to be one of the big big guys talked about, but I don't think he's going to be the guy.
0: Do you think he ever will be the guy? No, but he Ooh. could. He could. But I don't think.
1: I think. I don't think he'll be the guy.
0: Let's table look, this conversation because I want to talk I mean, about look, late look night. how late. many
1: people. I, I, I want to talk about just real quick. How many people have we had this conversation about? Like, man, that he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And I don't know in, if we have
0: outside of Roman and Seth. Well, I, it, I'm not not on this podcast. I'm saying,
1: you know, how many times have we looked at you know someone's momentum and said, I mean, that he's going to be the guy." How many times did we think AJ Styles is going to be the guy? You know, I mean, I right, mean when he, a, right when he came extent. in, at, right when he came in at number three for the Rumble. I was like, man, yeah, they were going to put the rocket on him. He's going to be the guy. He had the he held the belt for
0: a little bit, and then that was pretty much it. He's a multi-time champion. I mean. He's one of those guys that don't necessarily need the title. So why couldn't
1: so why couldn't LA Knight be that way?
0: Not the guy, but he's Because LA LA Knight doesn't have the background that, that AJ Styles has. Let's table this conversation. Because I c I you've kind of given me an idea. I kind of want to do a, a not a quite a deep dive, but I do want to save a segment and have a have a deeper conversation about LA Knight. And we're just we're gonna run late if we don't move on. But a really we do good discussion deep, here. If we do a deep dive in LA Knight, it'll take about 10 minutes. That's that's my point, but I'd like to have a I wouldn't call it a deep dive, but a deeper conversation on on LA Knight's potential uh, based on his his momentum right now. We got some other matches to get to here on Money in the Bank. Um, if you're listening to the show and you think you've got some some uh, some ideas, some comments about La Knight, make sure you comment wherever you see this posted, so that we can add that to the conversation uh, on on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapouts and touchdowns or on Twitter at Tapouts and TDs, and let us know uh, your thoughts on LA Knight that we can bring to that conversation. But next up here on Money in the Bank, we have the Women's Tag Team Championship match. Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez go over here on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and out of nowhere, we get a heel, I guess, I don't know if you call it a heel turn, because Shayna Baszler attacks Ronda Rousey from behind, uh, and next, the next night on Raw cuts a scathing promo about how Ronda Rousey never earned anything in WWE, and how all the fans are ready to see her go. She's ready to see her go. Really, sort of got over with the crowd as babyface, despite turning on Ronda Rousey here in this match. Um, I'm not sure if there's much to say about this match. I don't think it was a great match, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Here, uh, Liv Morgan, Raquel, re-win back the titles they never lost. And now we, we set up a Ronda Rousey versus Shayna Baszler program here. Uh, PJ, what's your thoughts on this on this match and the angle that they laid out for Ronda and Shayna?
1: Uh, I was happy that they lost the belts. Uh, I will say that Shayna has come a long way from when, because I, I was really not a fan of Shayna for a long time. But her NXT women's run was really, really well done. I loved that. Uh, and she's gotten a lot better. Uh, but I was happy that Liv Morgan and Raquel went over. Um, and you know what, it, the rumored innuendo is that Ronda wants to have a rivalry with Shayna before she's done it. This is
0: what it takes to get Ronda out of my ring and off my TV. And I'm happy about it. I just personally think it was too quick. I mean, obviously we were all hoping at one time that we were going to get a four horse women versus four horse women match somewhere down the line. And now that Mercedes Monet, AKA, AKA Sasha Banks is gone. Uh, that match will probably never happen. Um, I just feel like this Ronda shayna team, albeit they de- they were derailed because of an injury to Rousey. I still feel like this is this is too short lived, and sort one of one of those things that like maybe maybe it is Ronda that wants to get out and and she's ready she's ready to be done, and this is her this is her final hurrah. But I just I feel like personally I just feel like it was too short. It was too short lived. There was opportunity to, to to really give Shayna and Ronda Ronda a really lengthy tag team title run, and I, I feel like they're rushing this. But they might be rushing it because Ronda's ready to leave. Um, that's so. that's what I,
1: that's what I think is happening. I mean, like I don't want to you know succumb to the the rumor in your window too much, but I, I think that's what it is. She's just ready to be done. And
0: again, I'm I'm ready for it. All right, next up here on the card, we get an Intercontinental Championship match in which Gunther. Once again, retains the Intercontinental Championship, defeating Matt Riddle. This match was honestly, for some reason, it's, it's escaping my mind, but for what I remember, it was better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, PG, how'd you feel about this match for the Intercontinental title? Loved it.
1: A little, too, a little too quick for me. I wanted a little bit more from this, but I love the, I love the submission finish. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed
0: this match. Yeah, Guther wins this match at 7 minutes, 45 seconds. We should go back. Money in the, men's Money in the Bank went 20 minutes, 25 seconds, and the tag team title match uh, between Rousey and Baszler with Morgan Rodriguez went nine minutes. This was the shortest match on the card. Uh, considering how on fire Gunther has been and as talented as Riddle is, they at least deserved a couple more minutes out of the next match on this card, which was Cody Rhodes going over on Dominic Mysterio I honestly like off the top of my head, this match goes eight minutes, 40 seconds. I honestly couldn't tell you why it was that Cody Rhodes was was taking on Dominic Mysterio outside of the fact that like Cody Rhodes was was still like trying to talk about, you know, his 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 ongoings with Brock Lesnar, and Dominic Mysterio comes out and sort of uh I don't know. Go. it tries to interject himself in a storyline with Rhodes. Uh, this is clearly a one-off match to set up a, a, a trilogy. The end of the trilogy between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. I don't want to say this match was crap, but this match definitely wasn't great. What'd you feel about Cody Rhodes taking on Dominic Mysterio? Hated it. Yeah. Hated. I just uh, the, the match
1: wasn't wasn't god awful, but it just it just doesn't make any sense. And then the next night you have Dominic taking on Seth Rollins. It's like so he loses to Cody. And And he he gets a shot at
0: Seth before Cody does.
1: Well, here's my thing, you know, and people, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but people are like, well, it makes sense because it adds to the storyline of Damien cashing in. No, it doesn't. In fact, it's more of an insult because why wouldn't Damien have that chance? And you give it to Don who who just lost. And again, uh, you know, again, I go back to, um, you know the money in the bank doesn't need a storyline the storyline is the money in the bank it's redundant and i thought it was really silly i think these two were just put in the put on the pay-per-view just to get a payday which is good for them
0: let's have a short conversation about dominic mysterio because this is this obvious this this uh narrative that he is the most hated man in wwe catches a lot of heat i haven't heard anybody say it but it came to mind last night when Dominic Mysterio picks up a microphone, the crowd becomes so outraged that he is not able to be heard on said microphone. PJ, do you think they're pumping in crowd noise? I <laughs> know, uh, I don't think so. I think I, you know,
1: they could be. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I'm not going to sit here and say like absolutely not because uh, I've done it before. But what I will say is they probably aren't. Man, like it. He's just. He's just that over as a heel for being terrible. And it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's I think it's great. Honestly, I do. I don't I'm not I'm not shooting on Dom here because this match was really bad. But I think Dominic Mysterio has come into his own. He's gone from the spotlight of his father. And a lot of it has to do with being in Judgment Day, which I love because that's what factions are supposed to do. They're supposed to get people over. And Finn Balor has done a well, we're supposed to think. Finn Balor the leader, but Judgment Day, WWE. The writers themselves have done a fantastic job of getting over Damian Priest. Rhea, Rhea Ripley could have gotten over by herself, but uh, she definitely helped, and she helped with Dominic as well. She's, getting over, she continues to help with Dominic.
0: I yeah, mean, and she... I, I,
1: I love it. You know, and I think I think we're we're there. Dominic Mysterio is a heel that. That you don't, you know, you 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 have those heels that you love to hate, like Triple H in the in the mid two thousands, and uh, you know we talked a little bit about Michaels' heart earlier, Stone Cold even, you know, when, before he was over three sixteen. But um, you you have those heels that you love to hate, but Dom is a is the one of the first heels in a long time that you just hate to hate, like you hate him, you really do, and I love it. It reminds me of MJF almost, except not as brutal. But Dominic Mysterio is over right now, and. I, People can hate it all they want, but that's the truth.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a line said at a at an AEW pay per view by the acclaimed. Um, there was a there was you know the acclaimed always comes out and raps and um, makes a comment to uh, Buddy Murphy about getting cucked by a kid named Dominic. And uh, to me, it was the best line in the sh- in, in, in the match or or and on the show because um, it's almost like it's almost like Buddy Murphy has gone on to social media a few times. Uh, to sort of defend the fact that yeah, on TV, Dom is playing out with Rhea Ripley, but regardless, she's coming home to me, and it's almost it almost it almost screams insecurity. Like he wonders because the wrestling business has been notorious for people sleeping with each other uh, all over the place, and I'm not saying that Rhea Ripley would be interested in Dominic Mysterio that she that they are doing anything behind the scenes, but it's just funny to see like the obvious thought process is that nothing is really going on, but uh, how, how interesting and how funny would it be? Would it, if, if something were to really happen, especially considering I, think, I believe Dominic is much younger than Rhea Ripley. And I could be wrong with that too. Um, but unique circumstances. And, and again, if anybody is getting Dominic Mysterio over, it's uh, it's, it's definitely Rhea Ripley. Uh-huh. Um, Cause she is doing everything she can to give him that, that, you know, valet rug, despite the fact that she's the one that's the women's world champion. So I digress. Speaking of women's world championships, the next match on this card is the women's money in the bank match. This match goes, uh, had it right in front of me and now I, think I lost 18, it. 18
1: minutes. I think is what it went.
0: I can't 18 remember. minutes, five seconds. The third longest match on this card behind only the main event and the men's money in the bank. EO sky, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, Selena Vega, and Zoe Stark are all in this match. Fun storylines here with Trish and Zoe Stark. Apparently, Trish legitimately breaks her nose in this match. Um, uh, The match ends when Becky Lynch is handcuffed, I believe, to Zoe Stark, underneath the rungs of a ladder, which allows EO Sky to climb up and grab the briefcases. EO Sky is your new Mrs. Money in the Bank. Um, I believe uh, Dakota Kai is injured at this moment, um, which is why we haven't seen her on TV. But uh, the obvious thing that we're 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 I guess possibly uh, tempted to think that we're going to see is as a heel turn, where either Io Sky wins one of the women's championships and then Bailey turns on her, or or maybe Bailey wins the world title uh, or the WWE Women's Championship. And the EOS guy cashes in on Bayley. Um, But some fun storylines here with, with legitimately everybody in this match sort of partnered up with the exception of Zelina Vega. Uh, match, was, match was decent. It had some weird spots in it. Um, but I really like some of the unique spots here in this match. Um, and I, I know you don't like the old-timers coming back. I wouldn't consider Trish Stratus an old-timer. But she took some hits and she took some bumps that at her age, uh, after having the career that she had and walking away and coming back here and there, she took some spots that I would hope would garner some more of your respect from a quote unquote part-timer PJ. How'd you feel about this match and, and what Trish was able to do here in this match?
1: Uh, I did like the match. I really, really did. I enjoyed it. I love the EOS Sky went over. She was my pick to win. Uh, it's touching on what you just said about Trish. Uh, I feel the same way I feel about uh, Sting taking uh, dives out to the table. I think it's silly.
0: So, so let me ask you a question, because because again, and, and we we're gonna have continue to have these side conversations here, but you know, you don't like the part timers coming back because they had their time to shine. They walked off into the sunset. They've come back. They're quote unquote part timers. You know, the rumor was that Trish was going to have this program throughout the summer. We're finally going to get the payoff. Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus at SummerSlam later this summer. And more than likely, that'll be the end of Trish Stratus's, uh angle here, her storyline here back in WWE. But at the same time, like, we, we've, we've seen wrestlers take unnecessary risks and take unnecessary punishment, like Jericho being in death matches in his what? late forties, early fifties when he didn't have anything to prove, but he did it anyway. Do you, do you still not give, and I'm not saying that you don't respect Trish Stratus, but you not kind of give her some kudos for doing some stuff that she didn't have to do, but that she wanted to do so that she could sort of like, Hey, I'm not here just to to take it easy on myself. Like I'm here to be one of the women again, and I'll I'll do what it takes to get that respect back. Like, do you, do you not feel that way? I, I mean, I respect every wrestler. Because
1: they're they're doing what what I love, and they're doing. I I, I respect anyone. When who gets did you become so
0: PC, man?
1: <laughs> i have always. I respect always, all wrestlers.
0: I, wanna, I, 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 wanna... I do. The Whatever. only
1: reason, I mean, I even respect John Cena for what he does with kids. That should tell you everything you need to know. Um, but uh, I don't think Jericho should be doing those death matches either. I've never I've never said that. Uh, you know, Jericho being you know forty fifty years old out there doing death matches i i don't agree with that at all uh, it's entertaining but it's still not you know again it's not doesn't need to be done i will say that trish stratus uh her her current run um doesn't upset me as much because she's not necessarily holding any major titles that's what bugs me the most and i get belts are just props they really don't matter but um, that's what bugs me the most is these part-timers that come back. Like CM Punk getting the AEW championship. That was insane. To me. I know he's not a part-timer. He was under an actual contract, I guess. But uh, still, that was horrible to me. Uh, if Trish Stratus would have come in and immediately won the women's, women's uh, belt, that would have been annoying. If she would have won money in the bank right here, that would have been kind of annoying.
0: So without looking it up, take a guess as to how old Trish Stratus is during this current run. She's like 40 something. She's like 45, maybe 47. Yeah. She is 47. And she took that bump on that ladder. I just, I got to hand it to her, man. She doesn't have to come out here and do the stuff that she's doing, but she's doing it to, uh, to, to entertain the fans, to entertain us and to show that she's not out here looking for a free ride on a, on a part-time legend contract that sort of gets her over. Um, I, and I, I, I I give her even more respect for for doing what she's doing, despite. And I'm not calling 47 old, even though if you ask my sister who is turning 50 this year, I've been calling her old since she was in her 40s, um, which makes me upset because I'm not that far away from 40 myself. I call uh, but, I
1: call Lauren old, and she's 32. So
0: oh, I hate you. I hate you so much for saying that. Nevertheless, great match. I I think definitely on this card, both of the money and the bank matches are worth going back and watching. This next matchup, I think, is actually going back and worth watching. The World Heavyweight Championship match between Seth Rollins and, and Finn Balor. Seth gets his win back on Finn Balor as he retains the world title here at Money in the Bank 2023. PJ, any any thoughts? This match, again, was the second longest match on the card as it goes. I'm, I'm sorry. It's the, the, the fourth longest match on the card. This match only gets 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Um... But I feel like it feels like this match went longer. How do how do you feel about this match between Rollins and Balor? Great match, loved it.
1: I thought I besides maybe the main event to me this was the match of the night.
0: I agree. Um, and and now that we've we've talked about Damian Priest at length here, um, we we after this show we we started seeing some dissension. Uh, I believe uh, did Priest not come out in this match and sort of hit, yeah. Uh Balor was going up for the coup de grace and for no explanation, with, without any explanation, Priest gets up, like he's going to cash in money in the bank while Balor is up for the coup de grace and it distracts Balor and sets up for the win by Rollins. The next night, uh, it looks like Priest, the next night on Monday Night Raw, it looks like Priest is going to cash in again uh, or at least cash in and Finn Balor sort of comes in and attacks Seth Rollins because, quote-unquote, he's not finished with Rollins, and it sort of affected Priest's potential ability to to cash in Money in the Bank. I'm with you. Money in the Bank doesn't need a storyline. Do you feel like they're fumbling the ball here with the Judgment Day now that you've got Dominic Mysterio and actual matches against Seth Rollins? Damian Priest holding the money in the bank, and Finn Balor getting the title shot to get Seth Rollins. Do you think that they're fumbling the ball here with the date with with, with the Judgment Day?
1: I really do. I I really really do. Um, what I'll also say is that was the one part of the match that I didn't like, or else I would have probably given it like four and a half stars. The Gaga with Priest about to cat pretending to cash in, and then Balor, and then Rollins getting the win. The match didn't need that. Didn't need it. No. Didn't need that.
0: It's it's sort of like you said. Maybe you know, sometimes you just got to have a bad day, and you prevented Rollins from having a bad day and losing the title to Balor just for the simple fact that you didn't want Priest to get up and sort of turn on on Balor. Because I think I think that's what we're, we're headed towards. Like even if if Balor eventually wins the title from, from Seth Rollins, which I don't think is going to happen. I feel like we're going to see an immediate turn from Damian Priest, and Priest is going to go and take the world title off of Balor. Um, So I don't know exactly what they're going for, but if the rumors and innuendo backstage are said to be true, it would make zero sense to break up Judgment Day, which is sort of where the seeds have been planted now. I mean, Rhea Ripley is having to get in between uh, both Balor and, and priest this past week on Monday night, raw Balor wanted to come and, and hold court in the ring and convinced him to go backstage. They sort of Balor and, and, and priest makes up in the back in, in the, you know, in, in the, in the locker room area. And then, you know, even after they, they, they go over in a six man tag match against Rollins, Kevin Owens and Sammy Zane. And there's still sort of like a hint of dissension with with Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Uh, it seems like they're teasing the possibility of breaking this this faction up. But it said they're said to be so loved and and appreciated backstage for the work they're doing. I just when do you when PJ when do you think a good time to break up the Judgment Day would would be
1: the same around the same time that Evolution broke up. Damian Priest cashes in. Balor's jealous because he's the jealous leader. And they kick out Damian Priest. He goes on his own. Just like it worked out.
0: Worked out great for Randy Orton. So we're (laughs) we're making the comparison of Judgment Day and Evolution. Would that make Dominic Mysterio Batista? Could be. Oh, that's too funny. Do you think Dominic Mysterio is ever going to be like a mid-card champion? Like do you ever see Dominic yes. Mysterio yes. winning the Intercontinental title? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely.
1: You know how much how heat many- that, you, know, you, know, you know how you know how much heat that would get on? He rolls up somebody, a big upset and wins a belt. Oh my god, the people the marks would go crazy.
0: I think uh as I've I've been a a, a staunch defender of Dominic Mysterio's in ring work I feel like he's gotten a lot better since he first started absolutely um who do you think would have more heat as a as a mid-card champion Dominic Mysterio as intercontinental champion or David Flair as the WCW United States champion
1: (laughs) I mean Dom because it's current but um uh you know, I I still do think, Dom, because I want to believe that uh, fans who were in their prime in the '90s watching it were not as dramatic as wrestling fans are now. Wrestling fans today are just so. If you They're like, cool. a, if you like AEW, you should kill yourself. I mean, these are comments that I see a lot on the internet. It's just <laughs> I want to think that in the '90s. And in the and I'm not trying to sound so boomer like back in my day, but like I wanna think that wrestling fans in that time period that you were discussing with David Flair were not as ridiculous. And yes, fickle, that's a correct word. Um so my answer is still dominant because he'd get more heat because wrestling fans are more dramatic these days.
0: Uh so here's here's a better question. And I sort of, I know the answer. I just kinda of wanna hear you say it. Instead of the Intercontinental title, let's hypothetically say that Dominic one day wins the U.S title. who would be a better United States champion? David Flair, Dominic Mysterio, or Steve Mongo McMichael <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
1: Steve Mongo McMichael would have to wrestle himself out of his hospital bed to uh, to get the U.S. Belt. Yo, that's
0: so dark, man. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> That's uh, almost yeah. that's almost as dark as as is your, your relax, relax. No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go there, but I don't know how appropriate gonna, that would be.
1: No, dude, oh my god, that's, I'm gonna get hit with so much karma. No, but on the real Steve Michael McMichael, I mean, you know, in the words of the guy from uh, uh Oh uh, God! Ready to rumble? You can't wrestle your wee wee out of your trousers to take a leak. I mean, even in his prime, Mungo McMichael, God, he couldn't wrestle bananas out of a play- uh, paper bag. He was awful. Um. So, what was your question? Who's who would be the worst?
0: Who would be the best U.S. champion? Oh, of of the those best.
1: Three. Yeah, Dominic with David yeah. Flair coming in like a really far second, and Steve Mungo McMichael not even getting to start the race.
0: No, I'm right there with you. Listen, we're up against it. Let's go ahead and get to the main event of the show. Um, since we've got the curtain call, so to go. The main event, Money in the Bank 2023, feature the Usos taking on the bloodline of Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. And to, uh, you know, to I guess to spoil it, because we're going to get into it anyway, Jay Uso hands Roman Reigns his first pinfall loss since pre-COVID in over three years. Roman Reigns had not taken a loss, much less a pinfall loss. And Jey Uso gets it. I didn't like the finish because we've seen, and and this is, listen. I didn't like the finish only because for months, the Usos have had tag team matches where double super kicks and double splashes have not resulted in wins. And this match took one super kick and one splash by Jey Uso to get the win over Roman Reigns. Uh, So that's why I didn't like. There was a point where they hit the 1D or the 3D, as most of us know it, and the pin was broken up. So he didn't technically kick out of it, but the pin was broken up from. from, um, But I do think that WWE got it right, that Jey Uso is the guy who should have handed Roman Reigns his first loss. Maybe not, you know, obviously not the world title win, but definitely the, the guy who deserved to give Roman Reigns his first pinfall loss in over three years. PJ, uh, this match, you'd have to give this match four and a half to five stars. Uh, phenomenal match. I think Solo Sokoa sort of came into his own in the in the main roster in this match. Um, a lot of back and forth here. Uh, this would lead up to, this. this will eventually lead up to a singles match between Roman Reigns and Jay Uso, I believe at SummerSlam, more than likely for the Universal Championship. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say optimistic, but I'm skeptical that we're going to get a, a match between Jimmy and Jay Uso. I think Jimmy Uso is going to be written off for a while after the beatdown that he received. And then eventually Jimmy Uso is going to come back at SummerSlam and return on Jay Uso, rejoin the bloodline and we'll see the bloodline minus Jey Uso going forward, um, leading up to a potential match between Jimmy and Jay at WrestleMania 2024. Uh, PJ, what do you think about my idea? And what do you think about this match? Did they get it right? Uh, let's let's hear your thoughts. I hated the match. No, I'm just really? kidding. No, 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 oh, I'm kidding.
1: God. I, no, I love this match very much. Uh, it impressed me a lot. And one of the things that impressed me is Roman's selling. Roman was on this match. It was fantastic. Um, I can't, I cannot front. I I, I mean, you know, Roman was never really the guy that I, excuse me, that I enjoyed. And you want to talk about someone who's come a full 180, man. Roman Reigns has done a great job in this Bloodline storyline. He's done a great job in this reign. No pun intended. And he's a terrific, terrific performer and he's a great wrestler. And this really, uh, to me, I'm sure it's happened to most people prior pay-per-views and prior matches, but to me, this match really cemented him as a, as a really terrific professional wrestler, in my opinion. Uh, as far as your idea goes, I don't hate it, you know, but it, to me, he turns, he returns, he turns again. You know, it's a lot of gaga for me, uh, but I don't hate the idea. Um, it makes sense, honestly. What I would rather see happen, they don't have the balls to do this, but God, it'd be great. If Jay, because, you know, Roman needs a break too. Let's take him off some TV. Jay uh, Jay defeats Roman Reigns at SummerSlam for the title. Let's just throw it out there in the ether. Uh, and then who's your next guy? Solo. Let Solo and, and, and Jay work a little bit, you know, back and forth while Jimmy's out. I mean, I, we're, we are always talking about passing the torch, passing the torch, letting some other talent get a hold of things. The set. That's how you make that first step. I mean, in my opinion, I, I, they won't do it. And maybe down the road it doesn't make sense. But to right now, it'd be fun to throw the belt on Jay. It'd be unexpected. The crowd would pop. A lot of people would be very blown away. Because what is it right now? Yeah, Roman's going to go over. Yeah, Ro- what, if we did, what if they did something that everyone thought was
0: not going to happen? I don't know. I think I, it'd be fun. I still think that we are set up for a Cody Rhodes win at WrestleMania over Roman Reigns in 2024. And Cody Rhodes is still the guy that take the title off of Roman Reigns. That's just my my thoughts. And then, um, and, then,
1: and then is L.A. Knight the guy that takes the belt from Cody?
0: Potentially. I mean, listen, Cody Rhodes is a is a Monday Night Raw superstar. The Universal title's on SmackDown. Um, I think L.A. Knight is a SmackDown guy.
1: I don't think any of that matters anymore.
0: I mean, listen, they, they, they try to make it, they try to make it matter. Um, I know they they try. I digress. I think, I think the one thing that WWE is missing right now, we, you, you've re-split the titles up, right? Like you had the, the Raw Women's Championship turn into the WWE Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship turn into the Women's World Title. You've, you've created a new World Heavyweight Championship. You've made the Universal Championship its own title, yet we still only have one set of tag titles and two belts. I think it's time that if we're going to make the tag team championships, like the women's tag titles, sort of universal for both shows, uh, it's time that they, they condense those titles from two to one. I'd love to see the late 90s Attitude Era tag titles uh, reformed to include the side plates that they want. Um, but I digress. Uh, PJ, before we take our final break and get into the curtain call, any final thoughts on Money in the Bank 2023?
1: Great pay-per-view. I enjoyed it.
0: It was a phenomenal show uh, from a, at least a three-match standpoint. The the Usos and Roman Reigns and Zolo Sokoa, the uh, world title match, I guess four matches, and the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Definitely go out of your way and see those. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, the curtain call where PJ Steven and I are going to count down our favorite five Money in the Bank cash-ins. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tapouts and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one-stop repairs. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are here for the curtain call, the top five Money in the Bank cash-ins, according to PJ Steven and Bully Rye. Uh, PJ, I'm going to let you start us off. Give me your number five Money in the Bank cash in. Well, this is tough, man, because the cash-ins
1: have always been some of my favorite
0: times uh,
1: of, of, of for wrestling and WWE in, in general. Um, so it's hard. It's really hard to throw out there. But number five to me is uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, cashing in.
0: Yeah, Daniel Bryan cashed in on the big show, TLC 2011, to win the World Heavyweight title before losing to Sheamus at WrestleMania in record time to lose said world title. I'm going to give you my number I think it was
1: like two seconds. It was like the kiss from AJ Lee and then the the
0: kick. Oh, yeah. It was the bro kick within, like, the match was over in eight seconds. Uh, I think it was the fastest match in WrestleMania history. Whatever it was, it was phenomenal. My number five uh, is going to be a little more recent, and that is the Liv Morgan cash-in on Ronda Rousey for multiple reasons. Um, The reaction from Ronda Rousey when she hears Liv Morgan's music hit seems so genuine. And I know you like the the crap on Ronda Rousey with good reason. But Ronda Rousey sold the fact that she was she was beat up and hurt. She still put up a fight once Liv cashed, you know, once Liv, you know, said she was going to cash in. Um, You know, Liv was the hottest woman on the roster at the time. She wins the title at Money in the Bank 2022 last year. I love that cash in. I put that at my number five. PJ, give me your number four. Uh this is this is very un, unpopular,
1: but I really enjoyed Dan, uh, Dean Ambrose cashing in on Seth Rollins at Money the Make 2016. He had just won the won the damn thing, and then cashed in right there. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, I'm not opposed to that, but I'll see that and I'll raise you, Dolph Ziggler, cashing in on Alberto Del Vito, His girl, I mean Alberto Del Rio. Uh, on the raw after wrestlemania 29 <laughs> it
1: took um, me a second to realize what you were doing
0: yeah i i know uh, dolph ziegler god pj your humor's so dark it's it's okay it's like okay. i mean listen sometimes it, it gets sometimes you know it gets over sometimes it doesn't yeah uh, I like, it. Ziggler, I like it. cashing on money in the bank raw for wrestlemania 29 one of the biggest pops in wwe in the last 10 to 15 years when dolph ziegler wins the world title Give me that at number four, PJ. Give me your number three.
1: Well, we're almost on the mark. That was my number three right there.
0: All right, well, I'll give you my number three, and I'm probably, I'm probably, it might be your number two. Uh, my number three is where Big E cashes in on Bobby Bobby Lashley Monday Night Raw. I believe that was last year as well. Um, we'd already seen Kofi Kingston win the world title, or the WWE title, at WrestleMania. Everybody was waiting for Big E's time. He would win money in the bank and he cashed in. Bobby Lashley had just had a grueling match. Bobby Lashley comes in and defeats Bobby Lashley to win, I believe, his one and only WWE championship. Um it was uh phenomenal because it was just it was one of those things that we are, we you know, we're all the fans of, of Big E and especially knowing now that he may never wrestle again. How big that moment was for him, uh, PJ. Give me your number two.
1: My number two is Seth Rollins cashing in uh, on the WrestleMania for Roman Reigns and Brock
0: Lesnar. Amazing. Well, I hate you because that was my you know. Never mind. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, my number two has to go to the first ever Money in the Bank cash in when Edge cashed in on John Cena at New Year's Revolution in two thousand six. Uh, that was when Money in the Bank was was decided at WrestleMania. And John Cena goes over in this Elimination Chamber match, uh, bloodied and beaten. And after the match is over, Vince McMahon comes out and announces that there is a match. Edge will be cashing in Money in the Bank, and he wins, I believe, his first WWE championship by defeating John Cena, at uh at like i said uh New Year's Revolution 2006 what a great moment and it really helped catapult edge into that rated r superstar era pj what is your number one that is my
1: number one because john cena some reason won that elimination chamber uh he was the worst wrestler on the roster at that time and i did not think that he should have won and then here comes vince to do i, I was watching this live i was so happy
0: and uh, yeah, and Edge Edge defeating John Cena for the money in the bank was just amazing. Well, we flip-flopped because my number one was Seth Rollins cashing in during the main event of WrestleMania 31, turning a one-on match with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar into a triple threat match. Uh, it kept Roman Reigns, or it kept, I'm sorry, Brock Lesnar looking strong as Seth Rollins would hit his move on Roman Reigns. It was dubbed the heist of the century. Seth Rollins wins his first WWE championship at WrestleMania 31. And what a great moment. PJ, we are definitely up against it here. We've got a special treat starting here in the next couple of weeks. Why don't you tell the fans what they can look forward to on the next few episodes of Tapouts and Touchdowns Wrestling Edition?
1: So we've been having some really nice, um, what did it like throwback, throwback episodes and things like that. Uh, and I started watching, um, To me, the greatest time in pro wrestling history uh, is um, WWF 1997. So I started watching that from January, Royal Rumble, all the way to the end. And we thought that we'd give you guys a really great taste of nostalgia and do a uh, several-part episode giving you guys what happens in WWF 1997, starting in January, going all the way – past 97 a little bit to uh, Wrestlemania, what is that, 13? No, not 13. God, Wrestlemania 14. Um, So that's what we're going to start doing. There are going to be certain episodes. So like one episode will be covering about, you know, two or three months, depending on how much of tangents Frick and I go on. And then we go from there, but they won't be in every order. It'll probably be uh in a few weeks, you'll probably see a uh 1997 part one, and then we'll do a current pay-per-view that's going on. And then we'll do part two down the road and things like that. Uh, so we've got a lot of great content coming up. And also, Frick, we didn't talk about this, but uh, it's G1 Climax time. It is, to me, the greatest time in pro wrestling currently. Every single year I look forward to it. Besides the Warrior Rumble, it is the G1 Climax. And I cannot wait. Uh, and if I can, I know we're up against them. and go through this really quick. I want to go through each worker that's on each individual block real quick uh, for the G1 climax. Of course, if you don't know what the G1 climax is, it's pretty much the biggest tournament in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Winner goes on. Uh, whoever has the most points goes on to face the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, block A, is Sonata, Chase Owens, Hikaleu, uh, Rin Narita, Shota Umino, Yoda Tishu, uh, Gabriel Kidd, and Kaito. Uh, Kaiomiya, who is, uh, I probably butchered that last name, but he is from Pro Wrestling Noah, which is super fun. B-Block is Kazushika Okada, Yoshihashi, Tachi, Kenta, uh, Great Okan, Will Ospreay, Tonga Loa, L Fantasmo, your boy, is in B-Block. Yes, sir. Uh, C-Block is David Finley, Tomaro Ishii, Evil, Tamatanga, Shingo Nakagi, Aaron Henria, uh, and Eddie Kingston.
0: In- th- Aaron Inari. Aaron Inari, in- thank you. Yeah, Eddie, I screwed
1: that Eddie- one up. I did. Eddie Kingston, I don't want to well, I mean, talk about it. He, he's going to go on and win the whole thing. He's going to be your new G1 champion right there. No, uh, and then uh, Michael, uh, Michael Nichols. Nichols, excuse me. D-Block is Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroki Goto, Saber Jr., Toroyano, Jeff Cobb, Sean Hay- uh, Shane Hayes, and Alex Coughlin. This is going to be a stack of G1, man. I know, like, you probably know, like, 98% of those names. But, I mean, this is not an all-star of, like, tournaments from, or you know, individuals in this tournament from AEW and uh, Pro Wrestling Noah and of course, New Japan.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it personally. I'm actually gonna try to catch a lot of it this year since I haven't caught a lot of it in years past. Um, but like like PJ said, a lot of good content coming up. We're not gonna have a football show this week, but next week I'm gonna get Banker Bill together and we're gonna do our preseason, way too early predictions of records in the NFL. We're gonna start that series off. Uh, we've had some conflicting issues or I'm sorry, some some some, some uh, scheduling conflicting issues. Uh, and, and we're going to try to get that taken care of and come back all next week with all new football shows. Uh, and then, as PJ said, a lot of really fun wrestling content coming up. We are up against it. I hope you all enjoyed Money in the Bank 2023 in review by your guy, Billy Rye and PJ Steven. Uh, and, and hope you come and enjoy all of the fun content we have coming up for you. In the near future. So for PJ Steven, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and we'll see you next week right here on Tap House and Touchdowns.